Kovacic will slot it home. Yeah. And he does so. Kovacic turned into the empty net. His promotion to Doncaster Rovers. Can you believe what has happened in this last minute? Alan, see, uh, we told you we'd be back. Welcome to episode 15 of Podular Stand, the Doncaster Rovers podcast from Popular Stand fanzine. And today we're coming to you almost live from London's Royal Festival Hall. Okay, more specifically, you're in a repurposed cupboard in the back of it. But it's the same postcode that the stars and celebs are whacking their sat nav, so we're counting it. Yep, my name is, as ever, Glenn Wilson, and I'm joined by editor of the London Economic, Jack P. Now then. And it's a better cupboard than what we were in last time. Yeah, I'm slowly increasing the size of the cupboard. Yeah, and I'm not sweating as profusely. (laughs) I mean, give it time, is all (laughs) I'll say. So that's who's here and where we are covered. How about what we're talking about? Well, this episode, we are looking at football grounds and stadia, the good, the bad and the ugly of the places we've watched Rovers and indeed football as a whole. So it's probably best to start by by outlining the criteria of what for us makes a good or bad ground. You know, what what are we looking for or hoping not to find when it comes to a stadium? Jack, what are the, what are the key points for you? Well, I have got a few good key points, actually, that I'll run through. But, but what struck me, and I think the, what the interesting thing is, is that if if I was to design this, the perfect stadium from scratch, you know, so if there was like yeah. a, a Sims for football grounds, I mean, there may mm. be, I'm not sure, but if there was such a game... I don't think you'd be able to do it because you should have a sense of how a stadium has evolved yeah. and also how the community has evolved around it. Got you. Um, and I think actually when I was compiling the list of sort of like the best and the worst ones mm-hmm. I've been to, you could actually really sort of see where the, the line comes down when either you do get a, uh, a semblance of the club's history yeah. or on the other side, the club becomes nondescript. Yeah. Completely. So you've got that idea of uh, maintaining the traditions that have gone before, or, as is quite often now, redesigning the best possible environment to watch a game of football. Yeah, and you know, it's the sort of, even down to things like, I don't want all the stands to match. No, bang with you on that one. Now, now, if you were to build a new stadium, you would absolutely, <laughs> I mean, obviously, barring a few exceptions with new grounds, but they yeah. tend to just match and things yeah. tend to be the same. Yeah, like yeah. you say, you know, with all the sort of good things that make a football match included, the acoustics, mm. yeah. um, you know, the accessibility and all that kind of stuff, you can see why they do it, but it doesn't make it a good ground. No, it doesn't. It, it makes it less a ground that I want to visit as well, I think is the thing. I I like the having watched football, particularly you know, from since I was little, and particularly watched a lot of non-league football in that time and growing up with, with non-league. And then Rovers being a non-league club for my sort of formative years following them. There's a there's a thing there that for me a football ground almost shouldn't be uniform. It, it should have, like you said before, evolved over time where things have been added when they've been needed, almost bolted on. And that I'd love I much more look for that in a football ground than I do an identikit four stand you know a one continuous stand I should say around the four sides absolutely yeah I think you can you can sort of look back to when they when they're not Wembley down the thing there was how, what can we keep and the reality is very little yeah you know you are going to build an oval stadium with mm. with you know and it's going to look and feel and sound great yeah and you can put sort of new iconic uh, Wembley arch that that's a, that's a mm. great plus and, and obviously yeah. like there's However, you're never going to keep that historic. No, once they took the towers down, yeah. they didn't incorporate those into the, 
design, you've lost that. The only, the only historic legacy is it's still a pain in the ass to get to or from. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. As it's always been. So, yeah, indeed. Um, but I think that that's a really interesting way of putting it, is that if you were to start from scratch, could you do it? And True, yeah, yeah. Definitely not. Yeah, I think what I, one of the things that I do love about a ground and that, that really appeals is when a ground is very much evolved into its surroundings or has had to be adapted because of the surroundings. And quite often you get that with the old grounds because they're, they're built in the centre of the town. They're built where the people were that would go to as matches and people would go there on foot. The pitch was part of the town, fabric of the town. Yeah. And that that's where grounds were built. And so they were, they were constrained to evolve in a way that kept them within their space. And yeah. You don't necessarily get that with, with new grounds that are built way out of town or built for ease of access. Things yeah. Like that. Two experiences I had last year was, um, and these aren't in the list, uh, Tuesday night at Crystal Palace, going to Sellers mm. Park. I can remember coming sort of like over a ridge of, in the road and then mm. and seeing the stadium, but really feeling like I was, you were in the estate, you know, yeah. and, and it didn't, and the estate had evolved with it as the ground had evolved with the there's, estate, you know? Yeah, there's something much more evocative about seeing floodlights over the roofs of houses yes, yeah, than there yeah. is seeing floodlights in yeah. a distant wasteland absolutely and I, I always had the same experience at West Ham yeah um, there's a film uh, like a, a docu film out that just goes into the impact of, of taking a, a stadium out of a community like yeah. that um, yeah all the, the businesses and the cafes and the bar you know they're almost relying on that exactly two week bounce yeah, yeah, yeah. for sales yeah absolutely and, and, and moving it into precisely what we've been describing as if the, the stadium that will end up on a, on a list that's sort of you know never 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 go never really want to go. Let's 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 just, we're not necessarily saying that you know our Rovers Engard is not one of those stadiums to other people. Completely understandable why it would be. It's, it's not in the centre of the town. It is very identical in its in its look. It's not massively different from other stadiums of its size around the country. I've heard people in the past say it's quite a picturesque walk to the Kimo, but that really depends on which side you're coming at it from. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming those are people coming round the lake rather than people walking through like Yorkshire Outlet. Uh, there was, there was, when I signed the fanzine once, there was one guy, I want to say it was a Cheltenham fan, I was signing the fanzine, and a guy said to me, and he's, he said, you know, it reminds me of LA, this. And I genuinely, I, <laughs> I really thought he was taking the piss, but he was being sincere. Something to do with like the... The flatness of the land of the, you know, the very much out of town event. You, you, could, you could frame that in the stadium, can you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would say the redeeming, the redeeming, we've got good floodlights. Mm. I always think the floodlights strong show. Uh, like make a good picture. And often you do get a good sort of sunset in the background, but that's yeah. not something we can claim. We really. <laughs> <laughs> can't really take ownership yeah. of that. You know, stadiums become so nondescript. If you, you turn on the highlights program on a weekend, and you, without knowing the fixtures, in just by you know a glimpse, you're not going to know whether a ground a game is taking place at say Southampton, Sunderland, Chinese Stadium with red seats. You get a snap of the guy. It could be either of those. But the old grounds, you would have recognised the Dell on TV oh, yeah, instantly. Yeah, yeah. You'd have recognised Roker Park on TV instantly. And they just don't. There's that struggle yeah. for identity though. Sky, Sky Sports News have actually got like like a, a hold, holding screen graphic thing. Yeah. Um, that and and I always think that's chemo. It's a generic stadium it's just, graphic. It's generic stadium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they've. they've like you've got through to a got. certain level on a computer game. This is what all the stadiums <laughs> look like. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I am looking for in a good stadium. I'm looking for an element of individuality, a bit of character to the stadium. 
and I don't want it to be an absolute pain to get to. If it's nowhere near the centre of the town, especially as a non-driver, I'm not interested. That's not going to make me want to go to the, watch a game there. It can be the nicest stadium there is, but if it's miles out of the way of the city, I'm probably going to go once and not go again. The only, yeah, I agree. And the only thing I would add to that is, is wooden seats yeah. is what I've jotted down. I love it when a stadium's got wooden seats. Absolutely. When we was doing some research for this, I was like looking into it. Yeah, that's right, research. <laughs> um, I looked at a couple of like, I think there were YouTube videos about best worst stadiums and obviously the, the audience for those is not me, it's people much younger than me. And there's, someone was reading that text they'd had about people saying which stadium's their favourite. There's one, there's a lot of people slating Burnley, Turf Moor, because it had these old-fashioned seats and they had, oh. it was like something, like, like something out of Oak Furniture Land was one description. <laughs> quite <a funny> description. <laughs> yeah. But for me, like you, wouldn't say I'm there. Like oh, from yeah. Sellers Park, still got them, I think, in the away end. Perhaps, yeah. yeah. Um, Burnley, which I've never been to, sadly, but I would jump at the opportunity to go to yeah. for that reason. Yeah, completely. yeah. Because, because Burnley really feels like it's it's part of, one, its community in terms of its housing, but it's quite rugged and wild. You, yeah. you know, I, I remember a friend, um, his, his dad took me there, he's a big fan, and we sort of like came in after driving through sort of like fields where we had to one of those where you had to go and open the gate, drive over the cattle cradle and then and then and then get you back lost. out. Huh? Where are you coming from? I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm sixty two. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lovely drive in there. I think he I think he was doing it to sort of do the experimentals. Mm. What added to that was yeah. going in and seeing a ground that is like clearly been there as yeah. long as the hills yeah. have, you know. And it's those grounds that have been adapted rather than just like given up on. Yes. You know, adapted to, to suit the level the club's got to. Yeah. Sometimes that's practical, sometimes it's not. I, re- I realise that. But I've got a lot of respect for clubs that have adapted where they are. Indeed. Doing is a good example. Ipswich, perhaps, is another good example of, of a ground that's got that character but is very sizable. Yeah. And is, and is where it's been for a long time. So that's kind of what we're looking for. Is there anything else? You sum it up really with, with character. Yeah. You are looking for, for character and that, that obviously comes in a number of different ways. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 something standoutish, you know? Yeah. Uh, that that is unique to that club. I noticed and I think I wrote about this for the fanzine, the recent trend for you know, um on Google searches, you search for like a pub or something, you get like the reviews and people have written reviews about it, you search for a restaurant. Fair enough. People do that for football grounds now. <laughs> So, like, can you find out what the best rated ground in is? Oh, you probably on could. On Google, yeah. Oh, maybe I'll have to have a look at that about that. I'll be honest, I probably won't have the time. <laughs> yeah. But I could do that for a future article, maybe. But people are giving grounds, like, star reviews. And you're like, you give you a star review for everything. Now, exactly. you? But why would you... For a football ground, you either go in... And they start coming up on, like, TripAdvisor is the one where people do it. Google's phone off to a public TripAdvisor, and it comes up in the things to visit when you're in a town. No, you go there because your team's playing that team. You might go there because you happen to be there and you, you think, I'll go and see a match. But you know, I, I don't know anyone who's ever going to go. Yeah, I was going to... Oh, this, it sounds like they've lots of leg rooms. So yeah. I think I'm going to... They've got a great selection of food and drink <laughs> on offer at half-time, I'm in. Yeah, because there is two two sides to that coin. One of, is the, the people who think it's necessary to write it. Yeah. And the others are people who think that their decision will be swayed in, in some way yeah. because of the review, which I think that the latter is, is the really interesting it's the more one. Because <laughs> people review anything now, so maybe they're just yeah. looking up. But if you've ever been swayed to go to a ground because of a, a star rating on Google or TripAdvisor, well... Oh, I mean, yeah, let us know. Yeah. At, at Viva Rovers, tell us. <laughs> yeah, because I be can't believe that 
any one that would listen to this podcast has been <laughs> very weird. Somewhere. Anyway, yeah, so we've talked about like the, th- the things that for us mark out a good grounds and to a point the grounds that we're not that fussed about. The, the one ele- additional element to add on to the grounds I'm not fussed about, where it just looks like they've made no effort for the away fans. <laughs> I like a bit of character, don't get me wrong, but when you've just made no basic effort for the away fans, and we'll come on to a couple of grounds that I think fit that marker in a bit, yeah. but maybe that's, that's another criteria for me. Well, maybe that's where Tripify that's, that's where my review could really come I'm in gonna, handy. <laughs> after this, yeah. one star. I just didn't feel like they'd made an effort for me. Yeah, the, the seats were the wrong colour. Yeah. There's too many people cheering for the other team. Made, it's not for me. I won't be back, apart from next season's fixture. But beyond that, I won't be back. Uh, what do you want to go for first, Dan? Your, your, your favourite grounds or your, your least favourite grounds? Uh, I say let's do all the good first okay. and all the bad first all, right. all the bad second. Well, okay, number number one. Are you going one? You're not going five, four, three, two, one. Do you one? think I should go five? Yeah, he's in. Don't, give, don't give the people what they want. I'm going to give you everything up front. Up front. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, number five, and this is an interesting one, but it does shout character. Luton. Oh, great shout! This is street right, people. This is best grounds. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Um, if there's ever a ground that's built within a community, it's that uh, the simple fact that you have to, you have to uh, go through the community. You to have get to go it, through yeah. someone's like uh, literally someone's front room to get into the ground, and when you're outside the ground, you, you're backed on with to houses, yeah. and you walk around, and you really feel like you're living, breathing, experiencing the place. Whether that's a good or bad thing, oh, I think it's a good thing, completely a good thing in a football ground. But for me. There's no ground that's that, that oh, there's very few grounds that really feel uh, our speaker sense of place more than Kenneth Rose. Kenneth yeah, Rose. I think that's a great show. Um, I love it. I love every aspect about it until I get in it. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> yeah. until, no, until I try to sit down, that's the point when I stop loving Kenneth Rose. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably the point where the person sat in front of me stops loving Kenneth Rose as well because they get my knees either side of yeah. their ears. Yeah. Some people like that kind of thing, some people don't. Um, but yeah, I'm completely with you on that. That feeling of going up those steps in between the houses and into the back of that ground, that for me is, it's so, there's so much character. Yeah, in that and I think you're right. I think like if we were to, if this was a TripAdvisor review and you'd have like the facilities and, mm. and, and the other bits, you would probably oh, say... Low stars, isn't it? Yeah, it's sort of, I mean, I'm giving that a two or a one star, but like, if yeah. I'm going to go for... Not, not even for, a really good rollover hot yeah. dog's going to save that. Exactly, but TripAdvisor has none of our uh, requirements no. for, for a good stadium, and we do, so it comes fifth on my list uh, because of those. They're looting and leaving that ground, aren't they? Uh, regrettably, unfortunately, yeah. they are, so I'm glad that we've managed to I give it the credit it back. deserves before it, yeah. Yeah, I need to go back and, and sit in the stand that's at the opposite end to end that's slightly on a corner on an angle that oh, hovers yeah. over the top of the corner flag. Now that, again, is another example of where they've made it work. Yeah, you know? it's got a wedge into that gap between yeah, the streets. Yeah, it's like a little yeah, pizza slice. Sort yeah. Of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go back to uh, Luton. I'm with you. It's in. Great. What else you got? Uh, so, no, uh, fourth, I have put in Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, which I when, only, did, when did Rovers play at Tottenham? Yeah, well, yeah. so so I didn't re- yeah didn't realise that had to be a... But um, it's the only one that Rovers, on my top five that Rovers haven't played at. Mm-hmm. Um, and only visited it recently, after having heard very good stuff. It's, it is a brilliant ground, and that's a trip advice of five out of five. The facilities are incredible, the food is incredible, the drink is incredible. You know, I heard a um, one of the catering guys that I spoke to from another stadium, 
said the thing that they've got right there is that people come to the stadium two hours before yeah. and leave two hours after. Yeah. Um, partly because the transport's a nightmare, yeah. but, but, but also but partly given because the, they've given the way people There's a reason do that. too, yeah. yeah so yeah. you go in before and there's a game on at the bars and yeah. the bars serve really good beer, really yeah. fresh beer and really good food. And then you can stay after and there's live music in, in most of the bars, yeah. you know, and you, you're not sort of anything called it's local, local breweries they've used as well, isn't it, as well? Yeah, to so keep that. Well, it's the battle of the breweries in North London. So yeah. to Arsenal, Camden, uh, uh, Spurs, Beaver Town. And it doesn't feel like, it's not a counter service, it's a bar service, yeah, yeah. if you know what I mean. It is, it's a very impressive done stadium. I've, I've been there this season as well. <laughs> uh, I was in corporate when I went, oh, which is very not me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. It's not, not fitting with my brand at all. <laughs> But I did get offered a freebie through a mate who knew I'd never been and might fancy it. And this sounds like the most first world complaint ever. Our box was too hot. (laughs) (laughs) So, and my crown kept falling off. You know, my uh, fur coat was just getting too overbearing. No. There's hundreds of tiny, tiny violins collectively (laughs) being pulled out of the pockets. I mean, there is, because there is an orchestra playing next door. No, it was, so we were in a box. And it was one of the boxes with the, the, like two rows of three rows of seating out the front. But it was August Bancardo and it was stupidly hot. It was, oh, was yeah. 30 odd degrees. And what they hadn't counted was at that point on a Sunday afternoon kickoff, four o'clock kickoff, the sun was going directly onto these seats and there was no cana- canopy, no, no gazebo, <laughs> um, there was no cover. So it had just been heating up these leather seats like all afternoon. So like you sort of go, oh, kickoff, right, we're going out, going to sit down and watch this. <laughs> it's just this sort of no we're back in yeah. so it was a weird scenario for that but I am completely aware that it is the most first world complaint we've gone ever and so I I steadfastly sat it out uh, and just treated it as an afternoon at a sauna which I presume I'll never get but with more moany North London <laughs> as yeah. than, than I might get in a sauna um, yeah. but yeah it's a really impressive young stadium and, and I think that actually just I know that this it goes against a lot of what we were saying it does feel different in terms of the feel like the, the, the stands feel like a little bit different and also their use of their locality in terms yeah. of like you said the local breweries but also yeah. a lot of the food and, the, and yeah. they've got the bakery in there all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that's the sort of if there was a template yeah. um, for new grounds, that would be it, and that's why it's. They've, they've done all the big, shiny, horrible corporate stuff that you kind of expect of a top end Premier League team, but there is still an element of, let's say, community. There's also an element of distinctiveness about the ground with that huge um, one tiered end that they've got to try and sort of, you know, their, their tribute to sort of Dortmund, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. Um, so there is that element of it. So yeah, um, as, as the, of the new grounds that are out there. Yeah. I think it, it, it does, it it does place, that more yeah, than a lot yeah, of the others yeah, do, yeah. yeah, completely. Okay, so number three, mm-hmm. St. James's Park. Exeter. Newcastle. Oh. <laughs> um, um, I, I do like Exeter, <laughs> St. James's Park. Um, I've had a good day there. Um, however, I've had many an experience at St. James's Park, including obviously one with Doncaster. Mm. For a stadium that size... This is Newcastle we're talking yes, about. Yes, yeah. Newcastle. It has no right to be to, to, to sort of be in the place that it is. Yeah. In, in a town that size. Right. Newcastle is an, it's a city, but it's, mm. it's, it's not a, a vast city. Mm-hmm. It's quite a small city with a, a huge ground plopped in the centre yeah. that is almost uniformly full. Yeah. I know it's, yeah, it's yeah. dropped off a little bit, but back in my day it certainly was pulls sort of, on, a, on an average match day, a fifth of the town, you, know, yeah. you, know, you might say. 
It does. It, what I like. I mean, I, I have to confess, I have never been to St James's Park. I, I didn't go to the the Rovers game earlier this season. But what I do like about St James's Park is it has the element of it's distinctive. If there's a game on TV at St James's Park, I can tell that it's Newcastle's ground straight off. Partly because of the slope on the pitch. There is yeah. a slope to the pitch. You yeah. can see it on TV. Yeah. But and the other thing I like is that it is. It's in the centre of the city still. It's in the centre of the town. You know, it's next to some like very beautiful like yeah, backside to houses, yeah, like, yeah. Edwardian terrace yeah, type thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Just just yeah. outside of it as well. So it's it's very much still within it, and even now with the size of it, it's even more so within the city because you can see it from more of the city. Yeah, and so you've still got things like the Strawberry Pub outside, which is just like a really iconic pub. Everything mm. in Newcastle, you know, it, it's a very iconic city, you know, and and to sort of. Be able to maintain that within the, the, the you know the football ground that people are so passionate about. It's a it's a it's a great experience. Yeah, it, yeah atmospheric, um, but but really sort of set within its town and, and feels part uh, part of the place. I, I'm gonna say I probably wouldn't have put Newcastle in my top five, but then I probably move in much more non-league circles than you. I haven't included any non-league because yeah. I thought it was going to be more league. It, but still, I think Newcastle yeah. a, a shout if, yeah. certainly for me. It's, it, you know, it's all very personal, isn't it? Yeah. Number two, and for many reasons, this is sort of like, again, where an experience would, would come mm-hmm. into it, a great match day. Yeah. Uh, Griffin Park. Oh, yeah, Brentford. Yeah. Again, another ground that's going to be lost soon, which is a big shame. It is a shame. I, I happen to live quite close to it, mm. um, and the new ground looks fantastic. Um, it's Again, it's, it's in a really good place. Yeah. Um, it feels like they're doing a lot of work to, to make it a community ground. Mm-hmm. There's some really good pubs still. The thing that yeah. you will miss is the, the, the pubs the on every corner, corner yeah, yeah. which is, you know, th- those pubs are naff, but they're great. <laughs> it's just that they're there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love that. It's, uh, it's the pub near the football ground equivalent of a uh, fish and chip shop on a seafront. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You have to try. <laughs> yeah. People are going to go there regardless. Yeah. You know, always look for the fish and chip shop that's away from the seafront as a queue. That's my tip, listeners. Yeah. That would be good. <laughs> uh, the ones on the coast, that's us try. But yeah, it's got the thing. And the other, obviously, Griffin Park, you know, um, very symbolic for us as Rovers fans. But it has got that that great mix of stands. You know, it's got the two, you know, seated sides. One like the more grandstandy one, just the big expanse old terrace that's been converted. You've got the weird two level terrace and seating stand at one end. Yeah, it looks like something off Sabutio yeah. set now slash. I- Gives the appeal that you're on University Challenge. From the front. <laughs> now, I, I love those types of yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I guess uh, Sheffield United have, have, have a similar Bramall Lane. South End of Bramall as well, aren't they? The South opposite End, end you do, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the that really compact, and, and, and all the sort of descriptions mm. that you said are exactly bound on that. Yeah, just sort of really makeshift, as in like they made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, we need to put some more seats in here, yeah. so let's just put a roof on this. <laughs> <laughs> and then fill some seats. And make them really steep so people are a bit wary of falling out if anything dramatic happens. <laughs> yeah. Always always really iconic though. Now, drum roll, and it might not be a surprise to many. Yeah, um, I'm not going to do a drum roll because it will knock the recorder off. But <laughs> imagine a drum roll. I'll add one in. Kerbin Cottage. Great show. It is a ground that I've visited many times. Only once with Doncaster in, a, in the cup. Yeah. Uh, actually, I prefer visiting when you're in the home end, but yeah. but several things. One is a perfect location. It's incredible history. The character with, it, with the actual cottage. But the best thing for me is the Craven Cottage cottage pie. <laughs> a pie within a pie. 
you put that in my hand and I'm a happy boy. So um, for that reason, probably more than any other, it is number one on my list. As ever, ruled, you know, <laughs> yeah, ruled no. by a stomach girl in your head. <laughs> yeah, I love Crown Cottage, absolutely love it. But it has got the element of, the, like you said, the old classic stands um, with doors facing out into the street for the home ends. Incidentally, they're tiny, those doors. Oh, really? Yeah, you have to proper go in sideways like, to get yeah. through. Oh, but it's got those like the new additions to the end haven't really taken away from the character, which is quite like they're obviously yeah. building a new stand at the moment. Well, yeah, which is interesting actually. Yeah, you've got this big open. Like, yeah, I ran past the it the other day, and it's just like, oh, there's a there's a football pitch. Yeah. yeah. When I that League Cup game at Rovers played, I was doing match commentary. What I used to love about doing match commentary for Rovers play, incidentally, I'm always available if you <laughs> if you ever need a commentator. I did enjoy it. Um, what I loved about doing it was I get there early to these grounds on purpose and you get a press pass which more often than not was just like you can get in this press room at the back and you can get through these doors to your seats but often in the older grounds they, they just weren't you know it would not be thought of from the offset if you'd done it at a later point so quite often the press room was a building separate to the ground so your press pass you could get a bit further and I used to just love going to grounds, just seeing where I could get on the press pass and just exploring football. Because I quite like going to see new football grounds. I'd just go off and explore. Yeah. I've been all over the city ground. But Fulham was one. Well, I got there really because I wanted to go explore that stand and be in that old stand with the wooden seats. and find Some great little quirks of it that you just don't see. So and there's like there's like a couple of bits where there's just a two-seat wide. There's just two seats together on their own, like near no other seats. For like, it's really hard to describe. There's like a two-seat row that doesn't fit with anything around. I hope it. there's a story around that. Like, I, hope, uh, I hope the two people who sit there don't know each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll hate each other. Hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> We've just done season for years. <laughs> yeah. um, but I used to love that. I did it at the city ground. Barnsley. I'm going to nip around that West Stand for a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was the, the perk for me of doing those matches, was just exploring stadiums, and Fulham was a great chance to Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. So that, well, that's my top five. Would you include. I'm trying to think there? of grounds that I'd throw in. I, I, I did have Luton on my list. I think Charlton still has a lot of characters, and it's a good ground to visit as an away fan. I think it's still got a bit of characters. You know, it's close to the station. It's still very much amongst the houses. Well, now they've sorted the drainage out. It's it's, 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 <laughs> <out>. <laughs> it's a lovely place for a swim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I feel like that. That's I like Charlton, and that we had to go there three times last season. I have the benefit of living very close to it, which yeah. helps. And I realise why people, a lot of people listening to this podcast, wouldn't have been as thrilled by having to go to Charlton three times. But for me, it's a ground that I'm like. Yeah, I, I know I'm going to be able to get it. I'm probably going to be able to see. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's going to offer me everything or often. It's still amongst the houses and it's still got that return about it. But I was trying to think like other grounds that I went to with Rovers that, that stood out as being great. There wasn't a whole lot. Scarborough, I used to enjoy going to as an away fan. I, I, post, post new stand builds at either yeah, end yeah, I should yeah. throw in there for those that have been going to games longer than I have. I've only been once and we got yeah. there and it was called off. <laughs> frozen pitch Scarborough isn't it? I, uh, frozen uh, Scarborough. I think it was in the Christmas holidays yeah, yeah. yeah often were yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing is Scarborough I remember is because uh, like you said Rovers used to play them Christmas New Year very often when we were in the conference particularly is a Rovers fan whose name is escaping me but people listening to this will know who I mean uh, he tried to take a he got turned away from the gate because he tried to take a Christmas tree in 
on Boxing Day, <laughs> turned away, turned away from the test. And I got there just as he was being turned away. You he just hear him remonstrating with the steward. He just heard the back end of the conversation, which is him going, but it's the only day it's relevant. <laughs> because this final argument with the steward. Surely they could have made a concessions fee for that or something. You'd think, like that, wouldn't yeah. you? Know? So the, this is what I loved about the comments. I mean, I'll mention this before we go into worse grounds. Was those sort of oddities of the grounds yeah. that they threw up during Rovers' five years in the conference? On the line in terms of getting into the ground, Telford, I think it was, it was after they added the new stands at either end of Buck's Head. So it wasn't you who went there when they still had a sloped tarmac to stand on for the away end. But it was when the away fans changed to the other end of the ground and there was a pub just outside the ground. I think a few enterprising Rovers fans discovered that there was a loose fence panel on the back of the pub's beer garden. <laughs> And one by one, <laughs> it didn't. It took you to a point in the game that was beyond the turnstile. Let's say it that way, and you could sort of join in with the Rovers fans a million out the back if you went through it at quite a steady number. <laughs> so it was almost like a, a great escape moment of Rovers fans going in one by one. Oh, brilliant! One of the grounds that was Hayes was another one with a memory from the conference. Lightning. It was a weird memory. Hayes's was it Church Lane. Hayes used to play. I think oh, that was what it's called, clue, and it was. The whole ground had like a quite a small main stand on halfway at one side. On the opposite side, there was like a covered terrace on halfway, and the rest was just open terracing all the way around. Almost almost bowl like, but it was open terracing all the way around. When we got there, there was no segregation, and there was a bit of a disturbance in a pub. We were told, so they decided to segregate the ground during the game. So they, basically, the only way to do that was to just shut these two gates. One, the gate on the turn on uh, the. Um, cage over the turnstile for like between the stand and the dugouts just shut it and they did it with this gate in the middle of the terrace covered terrace opposite but there was fans from both teams in both ends there was only one snack bar and it wasn't in the end we were in so this the half time in the second that starts second half there was this spectacle of about 40 rows more vocal fans wedged in this gap between the front of the main stand and the back of the turnstiles and the cage around the tunnel what stood for a tunnel um, just singing songs about food for, uh, for 20 minutes uh, all we were singing is give us a roll thing. Uh, feed the world don't you know it's dinner time trying to start a riot but don't you know a diet all that for 20 minutes that was like the quirks that you get of those grounds obviously you're not going to get in your, your modern yeah. identical stadium uh, but yeah so worse grounds then you go in again with your five, yeah. your five countdown, and I'll chip in. Well, we've touched on it um, already, but but West Ham's new ground, I'm I'm going to put in there because it's a. I, th- I think the main reason is is that I feel a bit upset about it all. Like I definitely <laughs> felt a bit upset about them leaving Upton Park, which I've yeah. been to several times, yeah. not just with Donnie. I really loved it there, yeah. um, and I loved the community I love the fish and chips and the pies and the fanzine sellers and the, the market sold traders and the food. always does I mean that's what I'm there for really mate. I mean I'm paying 20 quid for football for just no paid reason 20 quid for a pie <laughs> yeah. well there's a match and I'll watch that yeah. while I'm here now when when all when it when it moved the heartbreaking thing is that the the sort of the, the rents around yeah. Olympic Park were were suitable only to Byron Burgers and yeah, you yeah. know all these chainsaws that just literally just sucked the soul yeah. out of the entire thing and for that reason alone mm. I just think well that's what's gone wrong with football yeah 
and I, I don't like it. <laughs> no, I, I went there for the first time. The new the new stadium, the the Olympic Stadium. This season, I went to watch. I went to watch one of the West Ham women's games actually, as a means to get in see the stadium in an affordable way. And it is just very, like you say, it's just chain, 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 chain up some stairs into a seat that's miles away from the pitch. And that's what it is, you know. And it's, I think the key thing is like in all of that, you could be anywhere. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? You yeah, could yeah. be absolutely anywhere and you just, you know, you could be at any event anywhere. And even, even the walk to the ground from like Stratford, you, you have to walk through, uh, Short West, Westfield? Oh, yeah. Westfield. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stratford, you have to walk through there. So again, you just, it's heightening that feeling of, I could be anywhere because these are just chain store after chain store after chain store. You go across a bit of the Olympic Park, you go in a big turnstile, it's pretty nondescript. And then you've got to say it's just yeah, it's just yeah. that you know yeah, it's not it's not a million miles away from the sort of MK Don's things in mm-hmm. that it feels like a franchise move almost yeah. you know it, it feels no different it feels different to going to like a big gig do you yeah, know what I mean like exactly. like an arena and, tour and that's thing. exactly the same as MK Don's like yeah. their their stadium is perfectly nice but it feels like an arena it feels like you're going to stay and you'd certainly get no yeah. sort of sense of where you are or what the, what it's about. But then Milton Keynes is like that. To be fair, no, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. So maybe actually that's what they were going for. <laughs> maybe right? it's very, yeah, yeah. It actually takes up to be very in keeping with it. So yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll forgive them, but West Ham, I've got no excuse. As you know, never forgive Milton Keynes on my watch. I know for anything. I know. Uh, I, I was going to chuck it in there just yeah. to wind you up. And that really I know you are, because <laughs> yeah. you know I will never go to it. I know. Yeah. Anyway, okay. go. Uh, yeah, yeah num- before, number, get me off Milton Keynes. Number four, um, Oxford United. Not only is this because of how you got there the year. Are you going to come on to that? Uh, well, I'm going to have to now. I, I yeah. think actually that probably made it better in, in, okay. in some ways because how I got from there was was terrible. But you know, not only is it a nondescript ground, but mm. it is a non-completed <laughs> yeah. nondescript ground, which, <laughs> which is really a bit of a, 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 a that's that's it's yeah. When you it's a kick in the ball. When the only point that the only thing that stands you out as being different is that you've not finished. It's yeah, not a great exactly. selling point. It? Yeah, no, it's just like every, it's not like every other ground. We haven't finished ours. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, as you as you said last time, I got there by walking through some very muddy fields, thinking that it would add to the experience because you know I did a bit of a Thames walk, which was fine. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have done it really, but 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 actually passing the bits around there made me feel a bit better than I did when I was just trying to you know queuing up for a, a local bus service yeah, to get yeah. back to Oxford, which is miles away. Yeah. And then when you get to Oxford, the train station miles away it's, <laughs> it's it's just one of these that, that, that goes yeah. you know fits with everything that we're saying out of town doesn't really mean yeah, anything yeah. it's a it's a, an Ikea build and, and, and uh, it's not even completed yeah. and it's name feels like it should be in a star on an old Batman episode <laughs> yeah. I don't know where they got that from Kassam yeah. cool um, yeah. I'm with you on Oxford being a terrible ground ok number three number three is a ground that should be good, but it isn't, and that's Shrewsbury. Okay. Now, no, absolute, no disagreement for me whatsoever. Now, um, that Shrewsbury, you think of Shrewsbury, you think, well, first of all, done some things right with the, with the team. They've got quite an I- I- iconic kit. The town mm. is lovely. It's yeah. historic. You know, it feels like a really sort of historic ground would fit yeah. quite well there, and yet that's not what you get. Not you get good. another. A nondescript stadium in a town like Shrewsbury is a real shame. Yeah, and it's it's even more nondescript by the fact that I don't think it's had the same name for two seasons in a row, has it? Was it now? Is it Greenhouse Meadow? No, I didn't it? mention it because I didn't know. But, yeah. but it keeps <laughs> changing, and that's why. Yeah, and it's a shame because because uh, Gay Meadow was very distinctive. 
Yeah. In, in every sense. <laughs> from, you know, the, you know, there's a huge, it's like a hospital building behind it, behind one of the terraces. And then there's obviously the, the bloke in the coracle fetching the ball from the river nearby. Yeah. You've, you've had all that. I mean, admittedly, fair enough, it did spend larger parts of the year underwater. Yeah. Even more so now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but still, it's character. It's, yeah. Nothing says character yeah, like having to row to the centre spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, indeed. And I was, you know, I, I, I went for a good game, actually. We, uh, I think it was 2 2. Yeah. We, were, we were down to, and then we came back out. Maybe something like that. Um, but it was freezing, and actually, I couldn't wait to get out. Yeah. And this, this fits with, and I think you're probably going to have other examples on your, in your remaining places yeah. that fit with this, in that just the idea of it being, you get to a town, and you've still got so far to get to a ground. There's other grounds that are probably decent stadia, but I hate because of where they are. Reading is the prime yeah. example of that for me. Yeah. Because it's like two and a half miles from yeah. the town. And it's if you're driving and you're driving down the M4 to get there, perfect for you. You can get away nice and easy. Yeah. If you don't drive and you want to go visit the town, have a couple of drinks or whatever, and then go on to that, it's an absolute nightmare. Yeah. And this doesn't quite fit because I'm not putting this in a list. Yeah. But I did Forest Green last week mm-hmm. and the walk to the stadium from the town Nailsworth yeah. is is horrendous. <laughs> it's it's like a couple of miles, maybe uphill. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I actually I hated it that much that when I got there, I had two pints of cider just to oh, wow. quench my thirst, and I never drink cider. No. Well, it really affected you. I'm sorry so to it, hear that. So it yeah, it was a, it was a traumatic a experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at um, least you can roll down the hill on the way back. Um, number two, um, well, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, but I don't know whether you'll agree. You should... Gillingham. I'm in. That away end, yeah, you've, you've set me off. <laughs> Look, it's, as I, I think I said on Twitter the other week, and it got a bit of traction, was the away end at Gillingham is a temporary stand that has been there so long, it's now old enough to drive. <laughs> 17 years that temporary stand has been there. Cracking. They got it from... Um, the open golf at Sandwich. Did that's, they where, really? that's where it comes from. I yeah, that's where they got that, them yeah. from, those seats. And it was there for Rovers match there the other week. And there was a, I did hear a kid, overhear a kid walking to and going, I did, everyone said it was like a pile of scaffolding. But I didn't realise it was a pile of scaffolding. Because <laughs> it is. You know, yeah. it's, it's just that when your away end is, is so terrible that you, when it rains and it's a bit windy, you have to go, oh, we can't put people in that. Because <laughs> they didn't, they moved us to a stand down the side. I, th- so I, I saw the weather coming in for that weekend. And I was like, "Well, that's bad on a nice day." Yeah, I really feel for you. And too. the thing is, like, even on a nice day, it's really windy at Priestfield for no discernible reason. <laughs> yeah. I've not seen a game that hasn't been wind affected, <laughs> and it's there's just it's just not nice. I'm all for a bit of character, as we've used, but when that character is clinging onto your seat for fear that a gust of wind is going to take you off down the medway. I'm out, I yeah. think. That's, that's when I draw the line. Yeah. And I, so I, it was good to throw that one in because it sort of does play the, the line. It's not, it is more in town and, mm. and, and things like that. But the number one is, is the most out of town ground I know. The furthest I have ever travelled on five <laughs> occasions for a ground that I absolutely detest. Colchester. Yeah. Straight in there. I mean, that that is nailed on. Yeah, Colchester. I saw the fanzine there before one game. I thought, I've got some fanzines left. I'll take them down. I can sell them outside the way in at Colchester. 
What I didn't realise was the entrance to the end at Colchester is pretty much on the hard shoulder of the A12. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I was just yelling, trying yeah. to yell against a background of like fast moving traffic for like 45 minutes until I gave up. Yeah. It's just so uninspiring a ground. I've never had a good experience there. Other than, I mean, I've had a good experiences where we've gone into Colchester before the game, and yeah. which is pleasant enough place and, and had, a, had a drink. But, but yeah, as soon as you have to board that bus from behind B&Q or whatever it is and <laughs> yeah. go to a ground that's miles away and when you get there there is nothing There's other nothing. than a bloody like the, the sound of a motorway they, they started opening out the home end like well in advance of the kickoff and you go in there and, and come out you go in there and use like the food and drink yeah, kiosks yeah. and take them back outside yeah and then it's like I mean no one drinks that or eats anything from a food or drink kiosk through choice. It's all about <laughs> yeah. convenience in yeah, the, yeah, yeah. you're locked in here. You can't get out and go and get something else at half yeah. time. You have to get this. Uh, yeah, plastic. So not gonna go there early. Yeah. What I drink at home. I'll no, tell exactly. you that. Yeah. You're not gonna make the effort to go there early for that. I mean I I was there earlier than I would have been because I was trying to sell the fanzines. And I remember thinking, oh, I bet. And I, the buses only go at certain times. So that hamstring, you know, you're yeah. intimately hamstring. I'm going to have to go there now. <laughs> and I went there and I got a coffee. And I had to basically go and sit. And there's like a picnic table outside. So I'm sat on a picnic table in between a car park and a main road. Yeah. Outside, you know, what just looks like uh, do it all. Yeah. And, and what's most upsetting about it really is, and I've, I never went, but like apparently the old ground was, was beautiful. Yeah, you could hear you could hear when a girl went in from the local pub, yep. um, and it was and it a, was everything that. And we the wanted, great really. feature I love of a ground that's properly nestled in amongst the houses is an end that just narrows to almost a point at one end because it's got to wedge in between the yeah. streets around it. Like yeah. St Mary's at uh, Southampton's old ground used to have that. Yeah, there's weird ends behind that just went to a point almost at one end. All that character lost. On the subject of, and I'll, I've got all the new grounds. I suppose this one didn't make a list, because I'm sure it'll make the list of a lot of Rovers fans by virtue of proximity and number of times going. And it fits into that what you've left behind, what you could have. Scunthorpe, Glamford yeah. Park. Yeah. The, the, the first new football league in like 50 years, I think, when it was built. Yeah. And it was outdated by about the end of that week. <laughs> I think it's just the breeze block. Thing isn't it shed? I suppose being a miles away from the centre school club isn't a bad thing in in its entirety in yeah. life. Uh, but when you need to get there, the worst thing is when you go there on the train and you look out the window and you see it. And you go, "There's the ground there. Better get up." And you still go in. <laughs> five minutes go past. <laughs> Oh, maybe I should sit down again. Another five minutes go past. Then you finally get into Scunthorpe Station, and I've got to go all the way back yeah. to where I've just come from. Oh, but. What they're left behind in the old showground, incredibly characterful ground, huge ground, the oldest uh, cantilever grandstand in oh, the country, wow. gone yeah. for a Safeway or Sainsbury's <laughs> as it is now. Such a shame that they ended up with that to the point where, you know, it was it's it's already they're looking to move to, yeah. to a new one. Well, um, actually, the one that I, was, I forgot to leave out um, from the top ones because it doesn't exist anymore, hmm. but I used to love Bangor City's ground. Which is a supermarket as well now. Yeah, uh, but it's a great little ground. Again, slap bang, centre of the city. Yeah. Uh, other grounds, the worst grounds that were that were not a great experience to go to. I mean, it's it's easy for us to romanticise about you know old old grounds have that character. So it's not always a great thing. You know, no one's we're not getting romantic about the fact that you get to go and like piss in the open air at a wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, rather than go into a toilet block. Are you or talking whatever. about Swansea? 
Uh, I mean, I'm talking about, talk about, yeah. talk about Rotherham, I think. You know, Millmore was never a great experience as an away fan. You know, having to go down that sort of alleyway down towards the scrapyards. Yeah. And then you've got the, the ground. The ground itself was, was very characterful as a football ground, but as an away fan, it was, it was very intimidating as a place to go and get into. I'm trying to think of other other grounds that might have might have snuck in there. Coventry is another one that that fits your bill of um, grounds that are nondescript in the middle of nowhere. Yes, um, there's, there's something not quite right about the only place you can get a drink before a game being a casino. <laughs> yeah, it didn't quite sit right with yeah. me. I went there unboxing there. A few other ringers that I had in there. Mm. Um, so. Obviously, I'm quite fond of London stadiums, but yeah. I'm not fond of Millwall. I'm not fond of the Den. The the Den is is it feels intimidating. It's again, it's a bit nondescript. But I quite like Millwall. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I live nearby, and I think I, I I'm, my judgment is there's things that we sway yeah. by like the stuff they do in the community. And there's things, things like that. that you could do to make it a good day, match day experience. Like you could yeah. do the Birmingham Mile. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could. There's a lot of good places around it. Um, but I went. On a Tuesday night after work, and mm. just thought, that's just bloody miserable. I walked to Millwall away the other season, Rovers game, which is where I was living at the time, it was about a 40 minute walk up the hill. And it really confuses stewards when you walk to a game Millwall as an away fan. Where the hell have you come from? You've not come from <laughs> yeah. South Rivers or a bus stop. Yeah, interesting choice. I, I, I'm pretty on the fence with Millwall, I think. But I think that's because I, I quite, I quite, I'm quite on board with what they try to do as a club. Um, I think that will sway my judgment. I like those those oddities of ground. I mentioned earlier that that stand on the corner at Luton. I like yeah. it. I like a a stand that it's hard to see. Yeah, why it's there. I think there's one at Colwyn Bay's ground in North Wales that has literally got six seats in it by <laughs> corner flag. It's yeah. like not near, but it's, but it's there. It's character. Yeah, that is that. These are the um, quintessential sort of things that. You know, contribute towards it's all those it's it's the amalgamation of oddities yeah. that make it really characterful. So it's, it's somewhere between being part of your community sells it to us. Yeah, an element of identity, distinctiveness about the ground, but not to the point where you know you sat on the same seat that someone once watched uh, Justin Rose tee off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not too uniform, not too corporate. Allowances made for teams that are probably in a situation where they can't help but be corporate now and have, uh, have been over, but have still tried to make it distinctive. That's what we're looking for. And it needs to not be in the middle of nowhere. I think that it's, it's, it should be fair that you, you say you can walk to the stadium. Yeah. Oh, yeah, completely. You know? There's, there is nothing better than a match day than heading to a ground and seeing other people heading to that ground the same yeah. way. Yeah. Um, this year, Boxing Day, my mum lives just up the hill from the ground, coming out the front door, walking down the street, and just seeing people in their new blue Matt Lockdown hats and gloves yeah. and scarves that have been given for Christmas yeah. the day before, all coming down the different roads and converging on the road towards the ground. I know it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit like a Lowry painting, I know, but it's just such a great thing when you can see other people heading to a ground. It gives you that buzz yeah. that you don't get yeah. from all piling onto the bus outside. And in the fairness, I, I think you can do that with Doncaster quite easily. You know, yeah, if, if you're point. around the salutation or anywhere around there, you yeah. can go through. You can go through the uh, the estates, and you, yeah. can, you do actually get once you go over the main road. Yeah. From there, you do get the match day. Yeah, and you get it you're talking about the lake as well. Yeah, yeah, indeed, yeah, the way around here. Yeah, yeah. So there is that element still there, but yeah. you're not going to get that going to Coventry and you're not going to get that going to Colchester yeah not never walked to Colchester <laughs> yeah 
Cool. Well, there we go. And I think I think we've covered what we like, what we don't like. That's that's our football ground special right there. You've you've probably got your own favourites, your own ones to avoid, your own ones that you think we might have missed off either if you're the column or your own memories of certain grounds that stick out to you. Either way, just just as ever, let us know on Twitter at Viva Rovers. It's always good to hear your thoughts on these or or leave a comment under the uh, podcast where you've listened to it. That was episode 15. We'll be back at the end of March and every month of, of 2020, available to download and listen on the final Friday of each month now. Um, so please do subscribe to Podular Stand on your preferred podcast provider. We're on most of them. Now. There's always new ones cropping up. So if there's one that you like that we're not on, let me know. And if my technical skills are enough to get us on there without us having to pay any money, it will happen. That is my prerequisite. Um, we're open to bribes. Just if that helps. Um, and also, if you've got a few minutes, you know, reviewers on that app as well, just, just click on the number of stars. That's all it takes. Anything from three upwards would be nice. Reviewers on TripAdvisor. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Think of us as a football ground. <laughs> Think of us as a football ground with ample leg room and review accordingly. Um, so there we go. Thanks to, uh, to Jack for joining me. Welcome. And uh, thank you all for listening. And until next month, we'll see you. You put that in my hand and I'm a happy boy.